I'll be reading portions of Jonah chapter 1 and chapter 2. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarish to flee from the Lord. Verse 12. Pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will become calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. Instead, the men did their best to row back to to land, but they could not, for the the sea grew even wilder before them. Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. At this, the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. But the Lord provided a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was inside the fish three days and three nights. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God and said, In my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From the depths of the grave, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the deep, into the very heart of the sea, and the currents swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath barred me forever. But you brought my life up from the pit, O Lord my God. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to your holy temple. Those who cling to the worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs. But I, with a song of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good. Salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. The word of God for the people of God. Please be seated. It is so good to be here with you. After a year away, approximately a year ago, I was here giving you an update on what was going on at Asbury. Um, Asbury had become a, a member of the Alamo Heights family of churches, and we had entered or just completed our first year. And as of July 31st, we completed year two. And so I'm excited to report to you today that Asbury is moving forward. Uh, If you remember, at the beginning of the merger, we had 12 members at Asbury. Uh, Over the last two years, we've received 42 new members, and we've identified 75 people who are regularly worshiping with us. And so we're thankful to God, but we're also thankful 
for your prayers and your support and for the work of ministry that goes forward at Asbury. And so we're just uh, happy to report that and happy to be here this morning. Thank you to Mary Lou and the ensemble. Awesome job. I think another round of applause is in store. Huge, huge Earth, Wind, and Fire fan. That was good. Yeah, take me back. Um, so we're talking about Jonah today. We're, we're on the same schedule that you guys are. We've been talking about the different characters of the Bible. Two weeks ago we were with Naaman. Uh, last week we were with Esther. And today we're with Jonah. And so we're talking about what happens when we run from God. What happens when we, when we, when we hear the voice of God and go in the other direction? And I don't know about you, but I relate to Jonah really well. I'm really good at being Jonah. In fact, I, I, I did it for the first part of my life on a regular basis. I was telling the morning group that, that I started preaching when I was 16. Uh, and I knew I had a love for preaching right away, right after that first sermon. It was a sermon entitled, The Love of God, My Theological Treatise. Uh, it was about four minutes long. But, but, but I, I, I fell in love with preaching. I said, this is what I want to do the rest of my life. I want to preach the word of God to the nations. God said, I want you to be a pastor. No, God, I don't want to be a pastor. That's the last thing I want to do. I, I, I want to be, uh, I, don't, I don't have a word for it in English other than say, I want to be Bill Gates. And, and pastors typically aren't Bill Gates. Uh, growing up in the Rio Grande Conference, I knew uh, how we treated our pastors. I knew how we, what we paid our pastors. And it wasn't Bill Gates' money. And so I said, no, this is not for me. But I'll preach for you wherever you send me. Somebody invites me, I'll go and preach because I love to preach. And God said, I want you to be a pastor. No, God, I can't do that because, well, I don't want to. And, and, and I, I struggled with this from the time I was 16 till the time I was 30. 14 years going back and forth and, and running from that call. And each time God said, I want you to be a pastor. I said, how about I be a, a traveling evangelist? I could do that. I can go from place to place and, and, and take the word of God. Let me do that, God. I want you to be a pastor. But God, I really can't do that because I don't have a heart for people like that. You have to be pastoral. You have to be, you have to be able to sit there and listen to them. And, and I just want to go. I want you to be a pastor. And so I struggled with that. And so I can relate to Jonah. Here we find Jonah, the prophet of God. He had prophesied before. He was a known prophet. He had known success. And, and people knew who he was. And God says, I want you to go to Nineveh. Now, Nineveh was a pretty vile place. The people there were, were cruel. The things they did were mean. And I don't know if it was just that Jonah was afraid 
or he really didn't like them. Next week in chapter 2, you'll, you'll start to see that, or chapter 3 and 4, you'll chart, start to see that he really didn't like them. But he didn't want to go to Nineveh. Nineveh was not the place for him. In fact, he turned around and went in the opposite direction to Tarish. Tarish has been described as the Caribbean of the Middle East at this time. It's a nice place. It's a resort. It's, it's comfortable. It's safe. You can sit back. You can, you can have a Mai Tai on the beaches of Tarish. And then we read the story and we, and we know the story. We've heard it growing up that he, he's thrown overboard at his insistence. So he really didn't want to go to Nineveh because he steps forward. He says, the reason this is happening is my fault. Throw me into the sea. So the seas can calm and, and nobody else will perish. Throw me in. Now that's an extreme. He really didn't want to go. But God saves Jonah. The Bible says that he gets swallowed by, by a huge fish. And there's debate whether that's true or not. I tend to believe what the Word of God says. So, so he got swallowed. And he's in there for three days. And then three days later, this version says he was vomited out. But he was safe while he was in the belly of the whale, the belly of the big fish. He was safe. God was caring for him. Even in his rebellion, even in his his desire not to do the will of God, he was safe. And so I can relate. I can relate to Jonah. My Nineveh was Del Rio. If any of you have been there, you can relate. The, the summer I got there, it was over 100 degrees, 40 days in a row. So they didn't send me to Del Rio, they sent me to hell. It's hot. But, but Jonah, Jonah was safe in that place, and he lifts up a prayer to God and determines that he will. Go forward and do God's will. He will go forward and, and follow the will of God for his life. And he's expelled from the, from the whale and goes into to Nineveh and, and prophesizes against it. Next week you'll see he doesn't like the results that God has for Nineveh, but he goes anyway. Now one of the questions that, that comes up for me is, why do we run from the will of God for our lives. Is it because we're not committed? I think we're all committed. Growing up in the church, I've been committed to the church my entire life. I'm committed to its programs. I'm committed to its, its ministries. I'm committed to its doctrine. I know I'm committed. And I would say you feel the same way. The fact that you're here on Sunday morning at 9.30 says you're committed. Or it says we need to be committed, one of the two. But we're here because we, we know it's important. And we want to support our church. And we want to do what God would have us do. But the reason most of us... And and I'm pointing the fingers more at me than you. The reason we fail to follow the will of God completely in our lives 
is because of not for a lack of commitment, but because we're not surrendered to the will of God. And there's a difference between being committed and being surrendered to Jesus. You might say it's semantics, but it's not. It's more than that. And I'll show you with a short example. I'm going to reverse the roles this time. You'll be the good guy. Let's say that after service, Chris DeSabato back there working the sign says, Robert, I I want to go have lunch with you. I'd like for us to share a meal. Why don't we head over to order up and, uh, and, and eat together and discuss the sermon this morning? Sure. I like order up. It's a good place. He says, oh, and it's, by the way, it's Dutch treat. Cheapskate, okay. All right, okay, we'll go, we'll go, we'll go, we'll go. And a few minutes later, Matt Scott comes up to me. He says, Robert, I really enjoyed that sermon. I'd like to talk to you more about it. Uh, I want to take you to lunch. We're going to go to the barn door. It's my treat. You know I like steak. What do I do if I've already committed to Chris? I've already made a commitment. Me? Personally? Uh, Chris, uh, uh, something came up. Can't make it. Let's go, Matt. As easily as I made the commitment to Chris, I broke it. The moment I thought something better came along. And so that's why it takes more than commitment to serve God. That's why Jesus is not calling us to a life of commitment. He's calling us to a life of surrendership. Because when you surrender your will, when you surrender your life to the cause of Jesus Christ, you're no longer in control. He is. And there isn't an opportunity to say, uh, no, oh, never mind. Bonhoeffer, in his great work, The Cost of Discipleship, says the first call of any or every Christian experience is the call to abandon the attachments of this world. When Christ calls a man, he bids him come and die. We are called to surrender our wills to the will of God. And that can be difficult. That can be challenging. Especially when we're committed Christians. When we're committed to the cause of Christ. We're called to go places and do things we'd rather not. We'd rather rather sit in the belly of a whale. Because we know it's safe there. Is this our belly? As beautiful as it is. Is this our belly? Of the whale that entraps us. I say no. I say that God has called us to step out. In faith. And go to the Ninevehs around us. 
to do what God has called you to do. Sometimes we think that that has to be some great, grand thing. But really all God is calling us to do is be a friend, to shake a hand, to say that God loves you and I love you. It doesn't have to be scary. It doesn't have to be threatening. It can be as easy as smiling to someone who is hurt, to someone who is lost, to someone who is lonely. It may be going to, to, to the modern day Nineveh. It may be going to see somebody you really despise. Or it could be visiting with your neighbor. Being a friend. The question for each of us today is will we respond to God with an affirmative? Yes, I'll go. Yes, I'll help. Yes, I'll leave the safety. And the beauty of this valley. Yes, Lord. Send me. Send me. In his book, Radical, Taking Back Your Faith from the American Dream, challenging book, David Platt writes, or asks the question, Have we settled for a Christianity that revolves around catering to ourselves when the central message of Christianity is actually about abandoning ourselves? This day, what will you decide? Last week we heard about Esther and how she was created For a time such as this. To save her people. But Mordecai tells her. This is your opportunity. To do what God has called you for. For this time and this place. But if you will not do it. Someone else will. Because the will of God. The plan of God. Will always unfold the way God intends it to. This is your opportunity. In all of time, you were created for this time, for this moment, to give God glory in this place. Will we respond? In Jesus' name, amen.